Okay. We're in business. Praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, I think it's funny, funny too, but anyway, just, uh, just uh, one of my friends at work uh, had uh, told me they, they'd asked and they, they went out and listened to one of my messages and, and you know, and I knew they listened to it because they were saying some of the things I said, you know. And of course, it, it, it blesses people. You know, people get, they get something, we're going to get something out of this in a minute. Okay, here we go. If you opened your Bible, and I'm using the Living Bible, but you could use the King James, you'll see the same thing. You're not going to find, it. when you really look at it, you'll go, that's exactly what the King James said. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Genesis to Revelation, it is a timeline. Your Bible's laid out great. If you were just going to tackle it yourself, you'd eventually figure it out. It's, it, it's pretty easy. You can figure it out. Don't have to have any help. Matter of fact, one fella said, you know, when you get help is when you get confused, you know, because <laughs> a lot of people, they, they, sometimes they mean well. Most of the time I'd say they mean well, you know, because you got that group doesn't want you reading it at all, you know, but, uh, oh, <clears throat> you know, the devil, he don't want you reading it. He'd get you distracted and all this kind of stuff. But, but anyway, the Bible is a timeline. Anyway, oh, when you go through Genesis all the way down here to Second Kings and First Second Kings and Chronicles, and we're going to stop right here because we're going to pick up something in Nehemiah here today. But anyway, that's the end of your history right there. You say, no, it's not. Yeah, it is too. That's the end of it. It quits right there because the last king got hauled off by Nebuchadnezzar. They're hauled off. The kingdom was split. Okay, During the time of David, the SEC was all one big happy SEC. You know, that's what it is. 12, 12 teams, 12 nations, or 12, 12 tribes. But then when, after King David and then after King, Sol, King Solomon, his son, when Solomon went away, 10 of them decided we don't want to be in the SEC anymore. We're going to have our own little program. But it's still, they were still Jews, okay? It was 10 and 2 made up 12. The, the, 12, the 12 sons of Jacob or whatever. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had, Jacob had 12 kids. You could say Abraham had 12 grandkids. Well, that's what these 12 tribes came from. Okay, but anyway, and it's so dumb to, to, to sit there and think, you know, well, the guy was drunk and wrote the Bible. Ah, it's too difficult to put all this together thinking that. Okay, so anyway, they got hauled off to Nebuchadnezzar at the end of Second Chronicles. Chronicles is just what it means. It was chronicled. These were the records. Great records. They overlap what happened in First and Second Kings here because these kings up here are the same kings listed here. Almost word for word, great stories, sometimes a little more detailed than the other one had. Okay. Now, they're hauled off. Uh-oh. Jeremiah. Say, well, yeah, but Jeremiah's way over here. Yeah, but these are, these are basically, you could call them preachers. These are preachers all the way up to right here. These set of preachers, and they call them big preachers, little preachers, the, you know, the major prophets and the minor prophets. That'll get you confused. It was just a guy that was saying, hey, the road's out. You clowns, what they were doing, the Israelites were throwing their kids to the fire, worshiping Dagon, worshiping all these other stupid idols. And these prophets were saying, you're going to lose your rear end. And they did. Nebuchadnezzar came in there, hauled them all off. Hello, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. Okay. You say, but Daniel's way over here. Yeah, but he's talking about of the things that he said during that time frame. And Daniel chapter 1 would tell you that. He would say, during the days of, and he will name somebody right in here. Anyway, what we're going to pick up right here is Daniel, and so did Jeremiah, and Isaiah too. They all said, in 70 years, Nebuchadnezzar is going to let you go. Okay? won't be Nebuchadnezzar, but it'll be his predecessor, predecessor, predecessor. Y'all are going back. And by golly, they went back. Amazing. So let's pick it up here in Nehemiah when they got back. Now remember, boy, they lost their rear end. They were top dog, and they lost the promised land. But remember, they lost the promised land on the way to the promised land. We can't go in there. After God had completely wiped out Egypt, they get up to the promised land and go, well, there's giants in there. We can't go in there. Okay, so y'all know the story. So here we are right here in Nehemiah. Uh, okay, so let's see what happens. 
This is the autobiography of Nehemiah, the son of Helikiah, okay? In December, look at the time frame. You know, Richard, I believe you're right. Yeah, it's the time frame. Well, let me show you this. Now, and I, well, praise the Lord. We're trying to serve the Lord. Let's go to the King James here. Watch how that time frame will throw you off right here. Look at this. It came to pass in the month of what? <laughs> in the 12th year. Why? I lost, you lost me on there. But I'm, I still believe Jesus is talking to me. Well, yeah, he's talking to you. But wouldn't it be nice to know what it means? This is what it means. See, the Jewish calendar, that was Jewish calendar information. But in our calendar, in the Bible Belt, down here in Alabama, New Hope, Huntsville, all this place, whatever. It's December. I got it. Oh, really? That's like a news report. Hey, you're catching on. All right. In the tw- 20th year of the reign of somebody who didn't exist. Oh, yes, he did. He did. Of Persia. You ever heard of Persia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was in the palace of Shushan. Now, remember, this is a guy, and he's not in Jerusalem, and this is not a little spiritual story. You get something. No, this is history. You're going to get something out of it for sure, but watch this. One of my fellow, we know what that means, a Jew, yeah. One of my fellow Jews named Hananiah came to visit me with some men who had arrived from Judah. Okay, so wait a minute. He's way over here in, let's say, Assyria somewhere. Let's say he's way down south Alabama, and up at Nashville is where Jerusalem is. Well, anyway, uh, this guy, he's not in Nashville, but some of his friends came from Nashville. We're going to call it Jerusalem. He came back from Jerusalem saying, how? How was the visit in the Holy Land? Well, the previous book, Ezra, they had just got permission to rebuild the temple. Of all things, how uncanny is that? A king said, y'all can go back and rebuild your temple. Matter of fact, when you're there, pray for me and my sons. Praise God. What favor is that? These books can be read in about an hour and a half. They're so short. Just read them. Just read them and and try to get them as fast as you can. Don't wait forever. I'll read one verse per summer. Oh, you will never get there. (laughs) Well, I have a devotional and we pick a verse here and then we pick another verse next. You'll never get it that way. Nothing wrong with devotionals, but you ought to use that as icing on the cake after you've already gotten the big picture for the day. Don't just take one scripture. You'll wear yourself out. Okay. I was in the palace. Now, what does the palace mean? He's with a king. He ain't the king either. I'll give you a tip. He is the cupbearer. Oh, man. All right. One of the Jews named Hananiah came to visit me with some men who had arrived from Judah. Now, first off, one thing I want you to see is what the heck's he doing in the palace? You have got favor. You're not a poor person. Even when Israel was destroyed, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, right up next to the king. Praise the Lord. That's where you and I are. Here we go. All right, enough of this. Okay, I took the opportunity to inquire how things were going in Jerusalem. Now, what do you mean? Well, they were given permission to build the temple. Fantastic story in the previous book. How are they getting along, I asked, the Jews who returned to Jerusalem from their exile here? So now you know the history. They were in exile. Okay. Well, things aren't very good. The wall of Jerusalem is still torn down and the gates are burned. When I heard this, I sat down and cried. Well, how would you like it if you heard... Huntsville was burned. We were all hauled off to Mexico or something. And you wanted to go back to Huntsville or New Hope or whatever. Gunnersville Lake. <laughs> Gunnersville's in shambles. <laughs> you know, whatever. Okay. He said, I refused to eat for several days and I spent time in prayer to the God of heaven. Oh Lord God, I cried. Oh great God, awesome God who keeps his promises and so loving and kind to those who love and obey him. Now where do you get that from? Because I don't think he's... That's our problem. We need to get back to this. He is this. Notice he said, hear my prayer. Well, wait, I heard. I don't want to disturb God. You want to disturb him. Disturb him, Jesus said. Jesus told a parable about this. You keep doing it until you get the answer. No, I submit it one time and I leave it up to him. Well, you'll never get there. Is that the way you deal with the Huntsville Courthouse when they don't treat you right? 
I'm going down there. <laughs> you go down there. Uh, I'm Richard A. Dare. I sent a thing. Yeah, we got your stuff right here. Whatever. Okay. Don't give up. Okay. Oh, Lord, how awesome. He said, hear my prayer. Listen to what I have to say. Look down from me. Look at this. And see me praying. Really? Yeah. Well, we can learn a lot from this. Okay. Night and day for your people Israel. I confess, man, we've sinned. You and I, you, yes, I and my people have committed the horrible sin. Look at this. Of not obeying the commandments you gave us through your servant Moses. What commandments? There were real commandments. That stuff happened. Oh, please remember what you told Moses. Now, how'd this guy know what he told... They all had copies. They read this. Very simple to it. It's in the book of uh, Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Okay. He said, uh, if you sinned, he wasn't like, well, you sassed your mama. No, he's talking about worshiping idols. You know. Well, I had a bad attitude. Well, yeah, you and Jesus match now. Y'all both cleared out the temple. Jesus didn't do that with flowers and said, here, can I give you a flower? Here's a flower. No, uh-uh. Don't forget, don't forget the parable he said about the vineyard. I sent people and they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay me the money back. He sent, finally, I sent my only son and they killed him. What do you think the Lord's going to do? Concern of he, if one of the things he said, he says, bring all those people that didn't like him and have them executed in front of me. <gasps> well, I never heard that story. Well, that's why we got to read the Bible. Don't let CNN, let everybody tell you what the Bible says. That's ridiculous. Okay, if you sin, Jesus said, I'll scatter you among the nations. But if you return and obey me, even though you're exiled to the farthest corners of the universe, I will bring you back to Jerusalem. See, this guy knew that. And so he's saying, for, and that's what he told the Lord. For Jerusalem is the place in which I have chosen to live. Wow. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We are your servants, the people you rescued by your great power. Now, what's he talking about there? Egypt. That's the reason it's all designed to make you not believe any of this happened. Wow. Well, he didn't rescue us. Matter of fact, we're slaves. Right? He did, and they knew he'd do it again. He said, Lord, please hear my prayer. Heed the prayers of those who delight to honor you. Please help me now as I go and ask the king for a great favor. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. I was the king's cupbearer. Now, what you want to remember about, notice what he said right here. Uh, we are your servants, the people you rescued. That same thing works for you and I today. We remember that God got the Israelites out from under heavy burdens and crap in Egypt. He'll do the same thing for you. Unless you've chosen the, the option of, well, I heard a rabbi so-and-so, and he said it never happened. We were never in Egypt. <laughs> yeah, we were too. Okay, anyway. So he says, I, I'm going to go before the king. Oh, no, you're going to lose your head. Okay, watch what happens. One day in April, four months later, time frame, isn't it? I was serving the king his wine, and he asked me, why so sad? Aren't, you aren't sick, are you? You look like a man with deep troubles. Now, one thing you want to get from that was he's pretty happy most of the time. But now it bothered him that his hometown was basically terrible shape. For unto then I always be cheerful with him. And I was badly frightened. I said, sir, why shouldn't I be sad? The city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been burned down. Remember his prayer just a few verses before. This is not fairy tales. Because Nehemiah, you're going to find it, is the governor of Jerusalem. He's on his way. Watch this. Look what the king said. What do you need? What should be done? If you're worried about something today, you just make your request known unto God. Praise the Lord. Anyway, the, well, what should be done? Now look at this. His, the king's wife's standing there too. And see if you can figure out whether or not the king and his wife like this guy. He said, with a quick prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, well, if it please your majesty, and if you look upon me with your royal favor, send me to Judah and rebuild the cities of my father. Look what the king said. With the queen sitting beside him. Well, how long are you going to be gone? <laughs> They're going to miss this old boy. 
So anyway, uh, it was agreed, and I set a time for my departure. Praise the Lord. And then I added this to my request. Uh, King, if you'll give me letters to the governors west of the Euphrates rivers, instruct, instructing them to travel. In other words, I need, some, I need to requisition some, some uh, equipment and whatever. Requisition, requisitioning, excuse me. Uh, instructing me to let them travel through their country on the way to Judah. Also a letter to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest. That's the lumber yard, instructing him to give me timber for the beams and the gates of the fortress near the temple and the city walls and a house for myself. Where's the humbleness here? Well, we need to be humble. No, we're being stupid is what we're doing. You need gas for your car. You need a job. You need a good paying job. Praise the Lord. Don't blame the government. Praise the Lord. Did you see him blame the government? He was coming to Jesus. You come to the Lord for your help. Anyway, and the king granted these requests for God was being gracious to me. When I arrived in the provinces west of the Euphrates, so now he's on the way. I think it took him about four months to get there. I delivered the king's letters to the governors there. The king, I should add, had also, look at that, sent along army officers and troops to protect me. Praise God. But when Sanballat, oh no, now you got people problem. Well, everything be great for you ding-dong people I live with. Jesus will take care of the people problems, just like I was talking about in my situation with the boss. I, I was out there for over a year and stuff. It was fine. When Salabat and the, Horn, the Hornite and Tobiah, Tobiah and Ammonite, Ammonite, who's that? Lot had two daughters. One of the daughters had a child, and it was from the Ammonites, okay? That's where these guys, that's where the Bible just fits and fits all together anyway. Anyway, this guy was a governor, official, government official. You heard my arrival. They were very angry that anybody was interested in helping Israel. Sound familiar? Did you see the report the UN put out even the other day? They had all these, whatever, complaints. And Israel had like 122 complaints against them. And all these other nations had like one, two, three, and four. Israel was, was sky high. Same thing. Okay, here we go. Three days after my arrival, look at this. Three days after my arrival at Jerusalem, I stole out during the night, taking only a few men with me, for I hadn't told a soul about the plans for Jerusalem God had put in my heart. I was mounted on my donkey and others on foot, and we went around through the valley gate toward the jackal's well, toward the dung gate to see the broken walls and burned. Then we went to the fountain gate. Well, these are all fake places. No, these are not true. This guy was talented while he was drunk, wasn't he? You know. The king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. That was good. Makes it realistic. This is totally realistic. You go look at a, vi a, a outline of the of the of Solomon's temple, and you'll see all these things. Whoa! Even if you go look at Jerusalem uh, aerial photo, or whatever, and you can see the gate. I mean, the, the city's not that big. Okay, it's not like the city of Huntsville or something like that. Okay. Anyway, so we circled the city, and I followed the brook, inspecting the wall, and entered again at the valley gate. So they went around the whole place. All right, what happened? The city officials did not know. I had been out there for or why. Remember, it's nighttime. It's midnight. For I had yet said nothing to anyone about my plans. Not to the political or religious leaders or even those who would be doing the work. But now I told them, you know full well the tragedy of our, of our city. It lies in ruins. Its gates are burned. Let's build the walls of Jerusalem and rid ourselves of this disgrace. Then I told them about the desire God put in my heart and of my conversation with the king, which would have been a praise report. Because he's here, Nehemiah's going, boats are on the way with all the lumber. I got enough lumber for me a place, and all these other places, and whatever. 
Anyway, boy, and the plan to which he had agreed, they replied, good, let's rebuild the wall. And the work began. Oh, but when the bad guys, Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed. What are you doing rebelling against the king like this? You know, it's always some idiot saying, you can't do this. You can't do this. Just ignore them. But I replied, look at that. The God of heaven will help us. And we, his servants, will rebuild this wall. And you don't have any part in this affair. Well, you better be friends with everybody. You need people. No, you don't. You just need Jesus. All right. Then Eliashib, the high priest. Now, who's that? Well, they had a high priest. Okay. All right. And the other priest rebuilt the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hanel. What's that? Real places on that tower. Boy, they got with it. Then they rebuilt the sheep gate. They hung its doors and dedicated it. Now, I'm going to get to the good part. They did this in 50 days. In fi- that was a praise report. Praise God. Now, they'd already got the temple up and going. But the wall looks terrible. That's the reason Nehemiah was, when he heard word from the guys come back, said, hey, how things going? They were like, well, we got the temple up, but the rest of it. And that's because these clowns were chasing them, giving them trouble. Men from the city of Jericho worked next to them. Beyond this was the work crew led by Zachar, the son of Emery. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hassanai, and they did the whole thing, cut the beams, hung the doors, made the bolts and the bars. Wow, man, they're getting with it. Oh, let's see what happens next. Meribah, the son of Uriah, repaired the section of the wall beyond this guy. Okay, next were the men of Tekoa. Notice this, their ladies were, their leaders, not ladies, their leaders were lazy and didn't help. The old gate was repaired by Jehoiada, okay? They laid the beams and the doors. Anyway, I'm going to skip a little bit. Man, they just, they knocked this stuff out all the way around. They set this, this gate, this gate, this gate, this gate. They got it all done. Got it all done. Got it all up. Let's skip on down here. Uh, let's go on down here to... Oh, let's see. Keep going. Notice you pick up here. Pala, so they carried out the work for the corner of the foundation to the upper tower of the king's castle beside the prison yard next to Padiah. The temple attendants living in Ophel repaired the wall as far as the east gate. Okay, here we go. Keep clicking along here. Uh, the goldsmiths here, the merchants, they completed the wall. Look, man, this, this is just like a document. It is. Oh, chapter four. Sanballat was very angry when he learned we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage insulted, mocked us, and laughed at us, and so did his friends and the Samaritan army officers. What does this poor bunch of feeble Jews think they're doing? Well, they're knocking the poop out of everybody else because God's with them, praise the Lord. And he's with you too. Okay. Do they think they can build a wall in a day if they offer enough sacrifices? Because they were. And yeah, that's actually what they believed. They believed their God would do this, and it was happening. And look at those charred stones they're pulling out of the rubbish using again. You know, if you burn a house down, don't use the same brick, that kind of thought, you know. They were, and notice what they say. Tobiah, who was standing there, said, well, even if a fox walks along the top of the wall, it would collapse. Now, look what he did here. We could learn a lot from this. Then I prayed, hear, O Lord, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Well, that's not Christian-like. Well, it's in your Bible. We've rolled over and played dead so long. Anyway, don't ignore their sin. Remember the Lord said vengeance is somebody else's, didn't he? No, he said vengeance is mine. You know, all you got to do is just tell your chief. You got somebody's bugging you, tell the Lord. That's what I always told young people when I started out teaching young people and stuff like that. They go, my mom and daddy, my mom and daddy. I said, just tell the Lord on them. What? Yeah, don't come tell me your problems. Tell the Lord. Just say your mom and dad treating you wrong. He'll fix it. And they were like, well, I guess he will, you know. And I don't know where I got, I just come up with that on my own. But I was like, well, if the Bible's true, what are you going to do? Well, gee, the Bible's good, except for poor kid, he, his parents are so bad, you know. And I tell you, one of them, you know what one of them was? Guess what one of those parents was? Fred Halbreder. 
You say, Fred? And he became one of my greatest friends to this day. He's in heaven now. The pastor even came and got me one time and said, if you have trouble with Fred Halberter, you let me know. But I told his son, Marcus, I said, hey, just pray about your dad. And I got so offended one time, Fred wanted to go with me. I was taking the young people to go skiing. And Fred comes in with, do you know how many statistically people get killed on Guntersville Lake? I'm like, look, we're just taking eight or so young people. We're going to go skiing. We're going to be fine. And he wouldn't let Marcus go unless he went. Well, I wanted him in this other guy's boat. I was so mad. But then on the way to Gunnersville, when I got there, it came out of my mouth, Phil. I said, hey, Fred, you're riding with me. Fred was the greatest guy in my boat. We had such a great time. Now, is it because I changed? No, I had prayed about it. I said, Lord, fix this. I know why, Mark. And you know what else happened? This is the honest truth. The whole young people, after I had a Bible study, guess whose house they went over to? They all went to Fred's house and had a ball. And Marcus grew up loving his dad till the day he died. Fantastic. Anyway, let's get back to this. Look at this. We're being mocked. Look at this. May they become captives of a foreign land. Don't ignore their sin. Don't blot it out. For they have despised you and are despising you who are building your wall. At last the wall was complete up to half its height around the city for the workers worked hard. So it's, it's halfway up. Praise the Lord. Ah, oh, but here comes those bad guys. Then Salabad, Tobiah, and the, uh, and the Arabians, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard the work was going right ahead and that, breaks, uh, and that the breaks in the wall are being repaired. Boy, they became furious. They plotted to lead an army against Jerusalem and to bring riots and confusion. But we prayed to our God. Man, that's what you do. And, and guarded the city day and night to, uh, oh, oh, to protect ourselves. Then some of the leaders began complaining that the workmen were becoming tired and that there was too much rubble to be removed and we could never get it done by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were planning to swoop upon us and kill us, thus ending the work. And whenever the workers who lived in the nearby cities went home, they went out of town to go home, our enemies tried to talk them out of returning to Jerusalem. So I placed armed guards from each family in the cleared spaces behind the wall. Then I looked over the situation and I called together the elders. Okay, let's see what happened here. And I said, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious. Fight for your friends and your families and your homes. Sounds so stupid to sit there and say, well, whatever will be, will be. And I mean, if I get killed, get... no, fight, praise the Lord. Whatever happened to no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's the reason if you get away from your Bible, you'll start believing all kind of crazy things. Don't. Our, our enemies learned that, that we knew their plot and that God had exposed and frustrated their plans. Now we all return to our work on the wall, but from then on, look at this, only half work while the others stood guard. <laughs> you ready to switch? Yeah. Now look what else happened. The masons and the laborers worked with weapons within easy reach beside them or with swords belted to their side. Man, they were going to get this done. The trumpeters stayed with me to sound the alarm the whole time. Boy, they were ready. So we're flying. This book is so short. The work is so spread out, I explained to them. We are separated and so widely from each other. When you hear the trumpet blow, you must rush to where I am. Look at that. And God will fight for us. Wow. You say, what's up with that trumpet? Don't you remember? The Lord told Moses, make some trumpets. Anytime you blow those trumpets, you will beat the crap out of your enemy. Oh, uh, we don't believe. We got to get back to believing. Praise the Lord. Anyway. 
when we worked, we worked early, late, from sunset to sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I told everyone living outside the walls, hey, move in Jerusalem so that the servants could work and go on duty as well as work during the day. During this period, none of us, I nor my brothers, nor the servants, nor the guards who were with me, ever took our clothes off except for washing. Boy, they were serious. Now, remember, in a minute, we'll see they did all this in 50 days. 50 days. We carried our weapons with us at all times. Praise the Lord. I carry Conceal carry. Jesus, before he died on the cross, he asked them, anybody got a sword? They said, Lord, we got two. He said, good. Okay. About this time, there was a great outcry of protest from parents against some of the rich Jews that were profiteering on him. What's all this about? Well, it's not important. We won't know. It is important. Sometimes you're doing everything great, and all of a sudden you get a little financial trouble. Doggone taxes are due. Well, look how bad this was. What was happening was some of the families who ran out of money for food had to sell their kids, mortgage their fields, vineyards, homes to these rich men. And some couldn't even do that for they'd already borrowed to the limit to pay their taxes. Hello, debt. Look at this. Now, if you remember the law, remember every 50th year, your debts were canceled. And you were never supposed to charge interest to an Israelite. Tell that to the credit union. I mean, the credit union is owned by the people, but we still, <laughs> when I get a loan, they're going to say, it's 8%, Richard. God didn't want you doing that. You just loan it like he was your brother or something. We're brothers and our children are just like theirs, the people protested. We must sell them into slavery to get enough money to live. We've already sold some of our daughters and we are helpless to redeem them. Our fields too, our mortgage to these men. Look at this. I was very angry. when. I, now, why did Nehemiah, and Nehemiah have been reading his Bible? He knew, Okay. So after thinking about this, I spoke against the rich government officials. Now, these were Jews. What is this you're doing? I demanded. How dare you demand mortgage and condition for helping another Israelite? Remember, Jesus healed a woman that was bent over one time. Remember what he told her? He said, woman, thou art healed from thine infirmity. Well, the preacher got mad about it. Why he should have done that on, on another day, not the Sabbath? Jesus said, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? In other words, an Israelite. He said, shouldn't she be healed just because she's an Israelite? That's you and I today, praise the Lord. Remember Balaam, who had the talking donkey, you know? He, he was prophesying. He was supposed to curse him, but he wasn't going to. God said, don't do it, so he didn't. And he said this statement, oh, that I could die as happy as an Israelite. That's you and I. Your problems should be out the window. Now, if you got one, go to the Lord about it. But it should be out the window. Anyway, he says, how dare you do this to another Israelite? Can you imagine that, having to sell your daughter? I mean, Mel wouldn't be too happy with that, you know. Then I called a public trial to deal with him. At the trial, look, I shouted at him. Boy, he let him have it. Fight back. The rest of us are doing all we can to help our Jewish brothers and have returned from exile as slaves in a distant land. But you are forcing them right back into slavery again. How often must we redeem them? And they had nothing to say in their own defense. Then I said, I pressed further. What you're doing is very evil. You should, should you not walk in the fear of God? Don't we have enough troubles without you doing this? That's what he actually says here. Oh, among the nations who are trying to destroy us. The rest of us are lending money and grain to our fellow Jews without any interest. I beg you, gentlemen, stop this business. Usury means interest. Restore their fields, vineyards, olives, homes to them this very day and drop your claims against them. That meant the daughters too, give them back. Okay, so they agreed to do it. 
and said they would assist their brothers without requiring them to mortgage their lands and sell their children. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't that be a praise report? Wow. Then I summoned the priest and made, look at this. <laughs> I got the, hey, uh, preacher or whatever, high priest, come here. Uh, you, you big shots over here, you're going to swear before the Lord you're not going to do this. What well, they did. Okay. So they summoned the priest. They made the men formally uh, vow to carry out their promises. I invoke the curse of God upon any who refuse. May God destroy your homes and your livelihood if you fail to keep this promise. All the people, yeah, shout it, amen, woo, and praise the Lord. And the rich men, they did as the Lord had promised. Well, that was probably the end of the rich men. No, it wasn't. They got blessed too. All right, here we go. So what happened next? I would like to mention that the, for the entire 12 years that I was governor of Judah, from the 20th to the 32nd year of the reign of King uh, Art, we'll just call him Art, my aides accepted no salaries or assistance from the people of Israel. Man, what a great guy Nehemiah was. But now why did Nehemiah, why was he so great? He was trusting the Lord. And he's saying, look, this was quite contrary to the former governors who demanded food and wine and $100 a day in cash. He didn't say wine, did he? Yeah, he did. Okay. Anyway, and it put the population at the mercy of their aides who tyrannized them, tyrannized them. But I obeyed God, didn't act that way. I stayed and I worked on the wall, refused to speculate in the land. I also required my officials to spend time on the wall. Praise the Lord. They were so serious. There wasn't a soldier in the army that wasn't say, hey, throw me some more mortar over here. I need another rock. All this, uh, and despite this, the fact that I regularly fed 150 Jewish officials at my, at my table besides visitors from other countries. The previous, the previous required for each, no, excuse me, the provisions required for each day were one ox, six fat sheep. <laughs> yeah, this guy's pretty drunk to write this, isn't he? No, it was a documented record, wasn't it? Wow. Matter of fact, he had a king, a boss that had to say, hey, bring me your receipts back. Okay, yet I refused to make a special levy against the people. Oh, look at that. And a huge supply of all kinds of wine. Fantastic. On my way, look at this. Oh my God, please keep in mind all that I've done for these people and bless me for it. And that's what we should be doing. And we are. Tell the Lord, Lord, I've been living for you. Yeah, tell him. No, when the bad guys, when Sin, Ballot, and Tobiah, and Gershom, the Arab, and the rest of our, and found out we had almost completed rebuilding the wall, though we not hung the doors yet, they sent a message asking me to meet with them in the villages of the plain of Ono. Uno, Ono, whatever. Now, I know what this is all about. Look at this. But I realized they were plotting to kill me. So I replied back with sending this message. Hey, I'm doing a great work. Why should I stop and come visit you? Well, you got to do everything people say. No, you don't. Jesus didn't do everything people said. One guy came to Jesus one time and said, hey, tell my brother to split the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, who made me a judge between you and your brother? Anyway, four times they sent me the same message. Each, I gave them the same reply. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand. And this is what it said. Well, Geshem tells me that everywhere he goes, he hears the Jews are planning to rebel. And that's why you're building this wall. He claims you plan to be their king. And that's what's being said. Doesn't it just aggravate you when people say bad things about you? I know I had my cousin call me, and I heard some things that they were saying about me, and we were laughing about it. It's getting me wound up. <laughs> you know, and I thought, no, just leave it alone. Jesus will take care of this. He also reports that you have appointed prophets to campaign for you at Jerusalem. What a loser. See, they don't even know Jesus is helping them. They're trying to say, well, you know, it's got to be evolution. It's got to be something. You know, Nehemiah's paying these people off, probably giving them liquor, whatever, whatever. You can be very sure I'm going to pass these along these interesting comments to the king. Oh, no. 
I suggest you come talk. See, he's baiting him. So you better come talk to me. For that's the only way you can save yourself. Look at this. My reply, you're lying. You are lying. There isn't a bit of truth in the whole story. You're just trying to scare us and stop us from doing this work. Praise God. Isn't that great? Isn't it super that the Bible's so real? Look at this. And he said, oh, Lord, please strengthen me. How many songs have we sang? The Lord is my strength. Whatever. See it all over the book, of, in, the, in the Psalms or whatever. They that wait upon the Lord. You know. all right, anyway. A few days later, I went to visit Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, who was the son of so-and-so. Okay. He was receiving a message from God. Now, look at this. Now, this is a preacher, and he's not a preacher. He's been bought off. Let's go hide in the temple and bolt the door, for they're coming tonight to kill you. You know, David wrote a song like this. And he said, you know, should I flee to the hills? No, I'm not fleeing to the hills. The Lord's my help. But anyway, I replied, should I, the governor, want to run away from danger? And if I go into the temple, not being a priest, now we knew that, I would forfeit my life. No, I won't do it. Boy, he, he, he called this guy out. He called him out. Boy, Nehemiah was cool. Then I realized that God hadn't spoke to him, but Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him to scare me and make me sin by fleeing to the temple. And then they would be able to accuse me. Oh my God, I pray, don't forget the evil of these clowns. And Nodiah, the prophetess. Yes, a woman got involved. And all the other prophets who tried to discourage me. The wall was finally finished in September. Look at this. Just 52 days after it had begun. He tried to pull something like that off in Huntsville. Even if it was just around somebody's pasture. Well, we got to get permits and we got to do... <laughs> it ain't going to happen in 52 days. Look at that. When our enemies, look at this, when our enemies surrounded the nation heard about it, they were frightened, they were humiliated, they realized the work had been done with the help of our God. During these 52 days, many letters went back and forth between Tobiah and the wealthy politicians of Judah. See, some of those clowns were in there. For many in Judah had sworn a lie, a lie, a allegiance with him because his father-in-law was Shekiah, the son of Uriah, because he was a son of whatever. And he married one of the daughters. <laughs> no wonder. They all told me what a one. They tried to say, "Oh, what a wonderful guy Tobiah was," and they told me everything. Uh, and they told him everything I said. And Tobiah sent many threatening letters to frighten me. What a clown! He's going to get his due here in just a moment. Here, anyway. Anyway, I want to. Uh, I want to speed ahead just a little bit more. After this, the wall was finished. Okay. Notice this. Oh. Uh, they appointed gatekeepers, singers, singers, yeah, and the Levites. I gave the responsibility of Jerusalem to my brother Hanani, who was Hanani, the commander of the fortress, a very faithful man who revered God more than most people do. I issued orders, I issued instructions to them not to open the Jerusalem gates till well after sunset. Okay, they were just keeping it safe. Okay, uh, I want to come down to one important thing here, and we'll close with this. Watch this. Okay, they got the registrations of who all were there. You can see some names, some people you recognized before. There's Nehemiah right there. Look at that Mordecai. Ever heard of that guy? Yep, next book, and uh, whatever you call it, Esther. Uh, look at all these people. They had the numbers. Yeah, this guy was pretty drunk, wasn't he? He knew all those numbers, didn't he? No, they had it. Look at this. Here's the stats of the priests that returned from the sub-clan of such and such. Here's the stats of the Levites. Wow, look at this detail. Now look at that one. The choir members? What do we need choir members for? Okay, let's turn the radio off in your car. Let's don't have any music anymore. Remember, they didn't have iPods. They had people singing. People were humming, whatever. Boy, when David was king, he set up a choir. The choir was constantly, hello, book of Psalms. That's what those things were for. Those guys were singing those Psalms. David would write them. They would sing them. Wow. Jerusalem was a rocking place, and everybody knew who was helping them. It was the Lord, till other clowny 
kings came in there and started worshiping other gods. Okay, I want to skip down here. Look at this. Look at this right here. Another group returned to Jerusalem from the Persian cities of this, 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 this. But they had lost their genealogies. Well, everybody was such monkeys back then. They didn't have no details. Yes, they did. That's just another plug trying to get you to not believe your Bible. Look at this. They couldn't prove they had a Jewish ancestry. Whatever, ancestry. These were the subclans of this, 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 a total of 642. Anyway, uh, these guys lost their genealogies too, and they were not allowed to be priests until until the uh, Urim and Thummim. Say, what's that? Well, the high priest, he just went into prayer and said, hey, are these guys priests or not? No, they probably were. But the high priest went to the Lord about it and asked the Lord. Anyway, okay. That Urim and Thummim was sort of like some dice. It was shoved in Aaron's pocket right there. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, notice this. Look at this. A total of 42,000. Guess what? That's 25% of all of Huntsville right there. So now we know it's southeast Huntsville. Had moved back from wherever they were and uh, came back to this place. There were 7,000 slaves, 245 choir members. And here's all the horses they had. Now look at this. There's those gold bowls that Nebuchadnezzar had sent back. Now, I want to show you this one little point right here. Watch this. Let me see where it is. Uh, oh, yeah. Mid-September, Ezra, that's the book previously, he was a religious leader. He got up and he read the law. Oh, God, how boring is that going to be? They did it. It's a piece of cake. It's, it, you read it in about an hour and a half, two hours. You ever heard the joy of the Lord is our strength? Watch this. This is where it comes from, this chapter right here. Let's just catch this. So Ezra the priest brought out the scroll from Moses' law. He stood on a wooden stand made especially for the occasion so that everyone could see and hear him read. He faced the square in front of the water gate and read from them uh, from early morning until noon. You know, you and I have been reading here for about 35 minutes. So, hey, oh, yeah. Everyone stood up as he opened the scroll. And all that were old enough to understood paid close attention. To his right were some guy, some guy, some guy, some guy. You know, Hilkiah, whatever, and these guys. To the left were six or seven other guys. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people said, yeah, all the people said, I think they said amen. Yeah, they lifted up their hands toward heaven. Then they bowed and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. As Ezra read the scroll, notice this, Jeshua, Banai, we can say Herb, Bob, Steve, Carol, Phil, whoever, whatever else. Uh, and the Levites went among the people. And they explained the meaning of the passage being read. Hello, living Bible. Or hello, whatever. I could use the King James. It was just, would have taken me longer. I'd have to say, this is this and whatever. So look at this. The people began sobbing when they heard the commands of the law. Why? Because they knew they had missed it. Ezra the high priest and I as governor. Ezra the preacher, you could say, and then governor. Okay? And the Levites who said, don't cry on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord. It's a time to celebrate with a hearty meal and send presents to those in need. Hello, Christmas. Okay, here we go. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't need to be dejected or sad. Now remember, your sin's not the only one. You're bearing the image of Adam's sin anyway. Now we've all made our mistakes too, but there's always been a sacrifice, so don't pull yourself away. Now, uh, that's not where I wanted to go. I wanted you to see something right here. So anyway, the, uh, in October, they came back again. This was because it was a, a day of, uh, it was a feast. And they, the, look at that. The laws were read aloud. For, look at that. There you go. Two or three hours. You could have made it. You would have survived. Okay. Oh, my God. We don't need that. We need to go Sunday school. No, you need to hear it. Okay. Uh, let me get down here to, oh, here it is right here. Hmm. That was Ezra. Hang on a second. No, I'll take it. That's what I want to see. Look at this. Look what Ezra prays here. I want you to see this. 
Oh. Okay, Ezra prayed. Ezra prayed, You alone are God. You have made the skies and... Hello? This is my Father's world. Okay? You made the heavens... You made the skies and the heavens, the earth, the seas, everything in them. You preserve it all, and the angels of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God who chose that guy never lived and brought him from a place that never lived. Oh, he did. And this is, this is about, oh, uh, well, it's 500 years from David. It would be another 600. It's, this was 1,000 years later from Abraham, but it's only 800 from Moses. Now, notice what he said. You made a contract with him to forever give him and his descendants the land, the promised land. You know, a contract. We're in on that contract. Let me skip down here. Let's see. Uh, you saw the troubles and sorrows of our ancestors in that eh, foul. That never happened. It never happened. 1,200 years later, they're recalling the event. You displayed great miracles. Now, I'll stop here. I told Melody this the other day. Sometimes I've stopped. I've had, you know, I'm just thinking, man, Lord. And I just stop. I just remind myself, okay, the water turned to Nile. You don't have to get my order. Just practice it. Remind yourself that that happened. Mm, frogs, yeah, there were frogs. Lice, hailstorm, darkness, death angel, whatever. Your problem will go away. It'll be gone. Because you're reminding yourself of the God that did that stuff. And take the flood too. Well, that never happened. Ever. Whole earth is covered with sedimental layer of rock. And a lot of dead things in there. What happened? Tallest mountain in the world. has got oysters on it. Okay, here we go. You displayed your great miracles against Pharaoh and his people. You knew how brutally the Egyptians were treating them. You have glorious reputation because of their never-to-be-forgotten deeds. Okay, because of those. Okay, you divided the sea for your people so they could go through on dry land. Ah, oh, come on, that didn't happen. It did too, praise the Lord. You divided the sea. Okay, then you destroyed their enemies in the depths of the sea. They sank like stones. Oh, my gosh. Look at this rehearse. Of all the things that, well, never happened. You led them by pillar of cloud. Wow, there's the fire by night. You came on Mount Sinai. Remember that horrible story. That mountain was on fire. You gave them the good laws, the true commandments, you know, uh, including, okay, and all this stuff. Okay, you gave them bread from heaven. Well, the manna never happened. Well, why are they rehearsing it here from some other guy who's drunk that wrote the book? No, uh-uh. You gave them rock from, you gave them water from the rock. You commanded them to go and see. Now, you know what this guy's doing? He's saying, Lord, we're reminded of everything you ever did because we've got a problem today and we know you're going to fix it. And that's what he'll do for you. Anyway, real quick to watch. Notice he says, and he's saying this, but man, we clowned around. We refused to obey you. Didn't pay any attention to the miracles you did. We rebelled. Remember, we want to go back to Egypt. Okay, 40 years. But you were a God of forgiveness, always ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, full of love and mercy. You didn't abandon them. Now guess what? Here's another verse that says your shoes didn't wear out. Wait a minute, that's over there in Leviticus. Yeah, it was. Re- well, it's actually recorded in Numbers. Okay. Or Moses' recap in Deuteronomy. Or excuse me. Yeah, Deuteronomy. Watch this. <sighs> you didn't, even though they made a calf idol and proclaimed, this is our God. <laughs> if we were there, we probably would have done the same thing. God would have been furious with us. He just wiped out Pharaoh, and we go, oh, great cow. Moo. They sinned in so many ways. Look at this. But in your great mercy... Now, wait a minute. Hold up a second. This might be us. I don't know if the Lord's going to help me today because I, I'm... Richard, I haven't always... 
Look what these clowns did and watch what the Lord did. The pillar of cloud led them forward day by day and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. God will still help you. Look at this. You sent your good spirit to instruct them. You didn't stop giving them, look at this, bread from heaven. Wow. And water for first, for 40 years, look at this, you sustained them in the wilderness. Their washing machine didn't even break. Their car didn't even break. Look at that. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't get swell. Praise God. You helped them conquer. Boy, and they did. They wiped the poop out of these kings over there. And then they headed toward the promised land 40 years later. Anyway, they completely took over the land. There's rehearsed history. King Sahan of Heshbon and King Og. Wow. Ah, this stuff never happened. And look what else happened. You caused in a population explosion among the Israelites and brought them into the land you promised. You subdued whole nations before them. The kings and the people and the Canaanites were powerless. Man. Look at that. So they ate and were full and enjoyed themselves. Look at that. In all your blessings. Now, he, now he's bringing it to more current time. But despite all this, our stupid kings worshipped idols and we lost it all to Nebuchadnezzar. See how he rehearsed it all in one little quick setting. Real quickly, here it goes. But in their time of trouble, sorry I'm keeping you slate, but we've got to finish this. We're done here. In their time of trouble, we cried to you and you heard from heaven. In your great mercy, you sent them saviors and you delivered them from your, their enemies. But when it was all over, your people turned again, the sin again. Okay, here they go. Let's see, whatever. Anyway, bottom line here again. In your wonderful mercy, you delivered them. Okay, 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 okay. Anyway, anyway bottom line, he got them out. He, he, he says again in 30, 31, In your great mercy you did not destroy them completely or abandon them. What a gracious and merciful God you are. And now, here we go. Here's our prayer. And now, O oh great and awesome God, you who keep your promises and loving kindness, of loving kindness, do not let the hardships, look at this, that we have gone through become as nothing. Great trouble has come upon us, upon our kings, princes, priests, and prophets in all these days, in the kings of Syria who triumphed over us until now. Every time you punished us, you were being perfectly fair because we, we didn't worship you anyway. Okay. Our kings, priests, and whatever, they didn't obey you or listen to you. They did not worship you despite the wonderful things you did for them. See, he's going somewhere with this. And this is the last part of this chapter. Look at this. But nonetheless, he said, uh, oh, oh, you gave them large and fat land and refused to turn from their wickedness. So now we're slaves here, look at that, in the land of plenty that you gave to our ancestors. Slaves, look at this, among all this abundance. Uh, the lush yield of this land passes into the hands of the kings whom you've allowed to conquer us because of our sins. They have power over our bodies and cattle and we serve them, whatever. Because of all this, we again promise to serve the Lord and we and our princes and Levites put our names to this covenant. In other words, they took a little thing and they stood before the Lord and they said, Lord, we make a, we're making a contract right now. We're going to serve you. Praise the Lord. Now, what, why did this guy do a recap? And this wasn't even Nehemiah. This was Ezra. Because all that stuff happened, praise the Lord. And we'll be at stop. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what happened in 70 years. You brought them all back. They had favor with these kings. Hallelujah. They got the wall up and whatever. Well, what about us? Well, Father, if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. Make our bodies well. If we're hurting financially, you'll fix us there too. And Lord, if it's just something else, some big problem, well, what could, <laughs> your arm's not so short you can't save. Look what you did for these guys. So Lord, you'll get us out of whatever trouble we're faced with today. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to keep records and tell others what great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Glory. Yeah, you ought to go back and finish out that book. And it don't take you but another 20 minutes to read it without me. Praise the Lord.